0: We're going to be in Luke chapter 15 today, Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15. All right, and so here's what I want to do. We got kids in here today, so I want to make it real. I see you guys down here in the front. You're looking good. So here's what I want, here's what I want to do, okay, kiddos, and and adults too, because sometimes we forget what we've heard and we're not just up to date on what's going down. So here's what I want you to think about. God loves lost people. I'm going to say that again. God loves lost people. Now, I want you to do something with me. I want you to repeat that or to say that with me. Ready? God loves lost people. Now, I feel like you're almost bought in. Let's do this a couple more times. God loves lost people. One more time. God loves lost people. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 15, and there's going to be two different stories that Jesus tells. And the reason we're gonna look at the similarities between those. All right. So let me ask you this. What is a similarity? Okay. This is going to be interactive today because we got everybody. Let me go down here and I'm going to talk to a a, a kiddo and I'm going to say, what is a similarity? Who would like to be involved? Oh yes, I do have a microphone. I am coming down in the crowd. Would any of you guys like to to take a guess at what a similarity is? Can you tell us your name? Grayson. Grayson, awesome. We're friends now. Let's say they shake hands. Perfect. Alright, tell us what a similarity is. It's like like if someone's lost, then God would always love them. Well that's true. That's 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 true. But what is a similarity? You want to take a shot? Let's say your name, Spencer, okay. Say it again, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Say Spencer. your name Spencer. Perfect. What's a similarity? S- similar. They're similar. All right. True. That's good. What does it mean to be similar? Same. Something like each other. Okay. I'll get you. We'll get another question. I have a microphone. I will use it. Adults, you're not going to be exempt from this. Okay. But if you look at me like, I'll kill you. I'll stop. All right. Luke chapter 15, there's two stories that Jesus has told. They're about similarities or things that are the same. In these stories, there are some things that are the same, some similarities. And I want to show you that God loves lost people using these stories because that's what Jesus told them. So if you would, we're going to look in Luke chapter 15. And if you don't have a copy of God's word, it's going to be on the screen. And if you're at the place where you can't read yet, okay, in here, um, listen as we read it, okay? So this is Luke chapter 15. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. That's Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes, these were the religious leaders, they were grumbling. You know the grumble voice? like Okay. They were just complaining. Has anybody ever complained before? Yes. They were complaining about Jesus. That's not a good person to complain about. He's God in the flesh. But they're, okay, so here's what their complaint is. This man, Jesus, receives sinners and he eats with them. And this was a big deal. Because nowadays, you eat with a whole bunch of people. If you're at the school cafeteria, you eat with a bunch of people. If you're at work, you can eat with a bunch of people. You go in a restaurant, you eat with a bunch of people. But eating in this day was, a, it was particularly important. And you only ate with people that you would fellowship with otherwise. And so Jesus is going into fellowship with these scandalous people. And so he comes up. And so here's the parable. And listen to this parable, kids. What man of you? And a parable is just a story, by the way, that helps us understand something that's difficult. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, so how many sheep did this man have? Let's see, everybody with me? How many sheep does this guy have? A hundred. If he lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that's lost until he finds it. And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors. And he says, rejoice with me for I found my sheep that was lost. So here's the first story. How many sheep does the guy have? 100. 100. Thank you. Then what happens to one of those? It gets lost, which means he's not where he's supposed to be. And so what does the guy do? Is he like, oh, man, I got 99. I, I'll be cool with losing one. Is that what he does? He goes and he finds it. Exactly. And this is talked about. And Jesus tells like, of course, you'd go and do that. Of course, if you had 99 sheep and you lost one, you would go and get it. And so, so this is what he says. And so when the guy finds it, what does he do? Is he go bad sheep? Okay. Not necessarily. He goes this. And when he verse five, it says, and when he found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying, "Hey, rejoice with me or let's 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 party. Let this is a good thing. I'm happy, you should be happy. Rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost." And then in verse 7 he says, "So I tell you this, for there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner one person who sins that repents, which means turn from their sin, then in 99 righteous persons that have no repentance. So that's the first story. Now here's the second story. And this second story, most of us, when we hear sheep and stuff, we're like, we zone out, okay? You might be into livestock and God bless you, okay? If, you, if that's how you make your living and there's a lot of livestock around here, but when, they, when they, people start talking about farming and sheep, I listen, but my eyes glaze over it. You could probably see that in me. I'm like, uh-huh, okay? My, my brain goes on a trip, okay, somewhere else because I don't know anything about that, okay? But this one I know about a lot, misplaced things. Look in Luke 15, verse eight. Or what woman having 10 silver coins? Now I want to tell you about these coins, because we think about coins and like, coins are not that cool, okay? So if I gave you, because kids, what do you want? Adults, what do you want when someone gives you the gift of money, you know? Do you want money that jingles or money that folds? Money that folds. Now, see, they didn't have money that folds, At least a lot of it in this time period. Most of their stuff was coins. Now, this particular silver coin was worth a day's wage. So it's like all the money you'd make in one day. So these are actually, this is not like, oh, I lost a penny. This is like, I lost like my whole day's salary. That's pretty big. Be 50, 60, you know, depending on how much you work or your wage, up to hundreds, a couple of hundred dollars, whatever. This is an expensive piece of coin that's lost. So what, happened. What, what woman of you having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seeking diligently until she finds it? And so the, the, the situation is this the lady has 10 coins. How many coins does she have? 10. Now, are these small coins or are they worth a lot? Worth a lot. And she loses one. you know what she does? Well, I got nine. I won't go look for the other one. Of course not. What does she do? Have nine. That's right. I don't know if you heard that. He says, because if she doesn't look for it, then she's going to have nine. And she lost all that money. Have you ever been in that situation where you need something really, really, really bad? and you need it right before you walk outside the door. Maybe it's your shoes before you go to school, or maybe it's you are looking for your kids' shoes before you get them out the door to school, or whatever. And then, or your keys, or your wallet, or the check that someone wrote, or whatever. And what do you do? Oh, well, I'll just leave it. No, what do you do? You frantically run through the house. You blame everyone else, because you know that's true. I'm like, Amy! Don't steal my stuff! Did you move my stuff? You know, we've had that conversation. But did you move my stuff? It's like it's a mess, but I know where my mess is. Okay, leave my stuff alone. So I'm now I'm grumpy. I'm running through the house. I'm trying to find things. I'm looking for I'm looking for uh, this really important thing, and I'm tearing up the house. And I, I'm in a hurry. Does anybody ever? Does anybody ever had this happen to them? Or am I the only one? Because I, you, everybody look at me like, man, that dude's got it. He's messed up. That's true. But I was running through the house, and you're like, maybe it's in the safe. You open the safe up. You throw stuff out. You're going and you're looking in. You're like, looking in your drawers, and you, then finally, you find it. That's what happens in this situation. There is a lady who has lost this expensive coin, and she tears her house up. That's what Jesus says. Very relatable. If she's lost one coin, does she not light a lamp Turn on the lights. Get your headlamp out. Turn the the light on your phone. She sweeps up the house. She's looking for the coin. Maybe it's on the ground. Let me sweep up. And then she says, and she seeks diligently until she finds it. And then verse nine, and when she has found it, what does she do? She calls together her friends and neighbors, says, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. All right, so we got Two stories, two parables. How many stories? How many parables? Two. Two. Those two stories and parables, the first one is about what barnyard animal? Sheep. Everybody got it? How many sheep were there in the first story? 100. How many get lost? One. Okay. What happens? Does the shepherd leave it? Well, the shepherd goes and he finds the sheep and brings it home and there's rejoicing. Yay. Okay. When I say rejoicing, I want everybody to go, yay. Okay. Rejoicing. Oh, see, this is great participation this morning. So there's just rejoicing. Ah, got you. Okay. Then you got the second story, which is about a coin and a lady who lost it. So how many coins did she have? Well, she had, she had originally, how many coins did she have? Ten. And then she lost how many? One. Okay, she has nine. She lost one. We're close. Okay. And then what did she do? Did she leave it or what did she do? She goes, looks and finds it. And then when she finds it, she goes, "Yay!" she rejoices. All right, that she found it. Now, I'm going to tell you, Jesus is telling these stories for a purpose. They're not just stories for story's sake. This is a story that's supposed to get us to understand this, that God loves lost people. Now, I want to look at four similarities. How many similarities? four similarities that I hope we can see how much God loves lost people. The first similarity is this. In both of the stories, something was lost. Now, we have to look at that. We mentioned it again. What does it mean to be lost? What does it mean? I'll give you, hold on, I'm going to get the microphone because this has been good down here. This is like a uh, kid say the darndest things meets church. All right. So stand up here for me. Tell them your name. That's fine. Tell them your name. All right, so Judson, I don't know why I'm talking on the microphone. I have one right here. All right, so what does it mean to be lost? It means that you don't you don't know where your house is, so you go back and look for it. That's pretty good. What do you got, another one?
1: Like, what does
0: it mean to be lost? Like you don't exist anymore. Like you don't exist anymore? Whoa, that's really, that's, that's really existential. Uh, he's sharp, man. All right, so... Think about it for a second. What it means to be lost is to Judson kind of got it right. I mean, I, I, I'm going to think about what you said a minute ago. I mean, that's pretty good, Grayson. Um, to be lost is to not be where you're supposed to be. To not because when you have your keys are lost, they're not where they are supposed to be. They're not in your possession. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So in this situation, we have. In both of the stories, the similarity is there, there's something that is lost. Now, I want you to know something. Jesus told these parables for a reason, for a purpose. The purpose for which he told these stories was to un- help us understand a spiritual truth. The number one spiritual truth is that God loves lost people. And before you understand that God loves lost people, you've to know what lost people are. And so here's what lost people are. Lost people are those who don't know where they belong and are far from there. I'll give you this. You, me, everyone on the face of the planet was created to know God, to love God and enjoy him forever. And I want you to know something. We all have turned and gone our own way and we're all considered lost. And that's an image that we see all throughout the scripture that people are lost. They don't love God like they should. They don't know God like they should. They don't walk with God like they should. And so lost is one of the ways that you can categorize people in the Bible. So the first thing I want to do, the similarity is lost. And so here's the good news about this, that, that, that we see is that in all these situations to be lost is a bad state of affairs. Judson mentioned it just a second ago. If you're lost, it gets pretty scary. There's a friend of mine who, um, who, who's come and preach here before our church and they went on a camping trip. Anybody ever been camping before? And so you went camping. That's awesome. So he went camping, and they were out doing some stuff, and it started raining, and it got really bad weather, and Andrew got lost. Now, this was okay and kind of funny for the first two or three hours, but then he was, go- he was lost for about eight hours, and it got dark. And then it got serious, and then they called his wife, and then everybody started freaking out. And then Andrew had a pistol, and he started firing in the air because he got scared. He was like, "I'm here!" Eventually, the next morning, they found him. Did you imagine he didn't have any food, any water? He just brought a pistol with him. That might have been a poor, <laughs> like maybe bring some water too, buddy. But can you imagine that state of affairs? Imagine seeing that kid in the mall or in the store that has gotten away from his parents and so scared and lost. Here is what the Bible says. He describes us when us in our natural state. We are away from God. We are lost, and to be lost is a bad state of affairs because we are not knowing, loving, or being with God like we ought. But here's the good news, that God loves lost people. The second similarity we see in this Passages that in each story, the main character searches for a lost thing. In the first story, what happens? The shepherd is looking for the lost sheep. In the second story, what's happening? The lady is looking for the lost coin. So somebody is looking for the thing which is lost. And I want you to know this, and it's especially true in the story that follows it, which is called the story of the prodigal son. Okay? In all of these cases, with the, with the shepherd and the lady, their actions represent, represent God's actions. It's a story that's meant to help us understand what God's like. And so God is the one who is searching out and seeking out people who are not where they're supposed to be, who don't love him, who are lost in their sin, who are way far away from God's intended purpose for them. God loves them enough to seek them out. And we see that in this story. And so we see this about this situation. God's heart is not to condemn or to say, is not to condemn us or to punish us or to put us down or to to exercise his judgment on us, but God's heart is to love us and save us and restore us from being lost to being found. I wanna make this really, I wanna show you something really, really neat about this. It's a scary state of affairs to be lost, but It is amazing that God would seek us out while we are lost. He looks for us like the shepherd would look for that one lost sheep. He looks for us like this lady who lost a lot of money would go look for that money. That is a big deal. And it shows that God doesn't want to condemn, but he wants to restore us to a right relationship with him. And I'll put it this way. All right. You got the situation. Has anybody ever done anything wrong before? Don't raise your hand. Just think back to when you were a kid or maybe you're a kid now and you've done something wrong. One of the things you fear is not just the punishment your parents going to levy. You really fear what you're going to have to hear about it, especially when you get older. Like it's like going to the doctor when you're older and you know they're going to tell you about something. Okay. You're eating too much cake. You mind your own business. Cake is delicious. Okay, you got cholesterols rolls hot. You're just like worried about when they go in. They're going to tell you something about something. Or kids, you're worried about this when you go home and your parents are going to just go on to you. You're like, I told you so. I told you you messed up. I told you, and you worry about this harsh thing. But when we see what we see with God, is he when he comes after lost things, he comes after the lost things to bring them close. And there's not an idea condemned, but it's restoration. So I want you to know this, because a lot of us think this. Man, I haven't been in church in a while. God's going out. He's out to get me. No, he's not out to get you, like to punish you. He's out to get you, to bring you in and restore fellowship with you and restore the purpose for your life. Like, that's a whole big thing. God is not like some kind of intergalactic sniper ready to zap you down for your sins. he's this God that seeks after lost things, things that are not where they're supposed to be, things that are lost in sin, and he wants to bring them back. That's the purpose of the story. The third similarity is right here. The third similarity is this. In each story, the lost thing is valuable, right? The sheep is valuable enough for the guy to leave and go get it. The coin is valuable enough for it to be lost and to tear up the whole entire house to find it. And we got any moms in here? Everybody look at the moms. Everybody, if you're a mom in here, let's give a clap for the moms because moms are important. Moms, you do some important things. You clean up after both the husbands and the children, okay? We love you. But you think about this. Have you ever spent all that time, moms, and you've cleaned the house and it's looking really good, and then within five minutes, it's ransacked? And it's just like somebody has come through with like a sledgehammer and like, who broke the sink? I mean, like, you know, like it's, it's bad. Like there's smudges all over the fridge. It's just a, just a, just a mess. Right. And You're like, come on. It would, what would it take for you to tear up the house? It takes for you to tear up the house. It takes something valuable to go after. For you to tear it up and look fast, so that's what this lady does. She tears up the house looking for this stuff. the The coins are valuable. The other day, I had a bunch of change in my hand because I broke a dollar for something. It was like fifteen cents, and I gave them this, and they didn't have the right change, so I got a bunch of pennies. And so I'm walking to the car, and I drop all the change. Do you know what I do? I pick up. I picked up the quarters. Everything else, I was like, that's not worth my time. Okay. I just left that penny there. I'm like, nope, some kid will be blessed by that when they find it. I don't know if you do that. I'm not saying you should do that, but I was like, it's really not worth it at this point in my life to get been down there in this rain and all that junk and all that whatever's on the thing to pick that penny up. But here, praise be to God, that in both of these stories, when there's this lost thing that represents people who are lost outside of God, that the characters in the story, they find the things that are lost to be valuable. And I want you to get this, God sees lost people as valuable. I mean, just take that in for a minute. So those who are far away from him, he sees as valuable. And how do we know this? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus' death on the cross shows us that he values, that God values people, and he wants to take the lost and bring them in. Finally, here's the last similarity, and it's this. In each story... There is rejoicing when the lost thing is found. Okay? In each story, there's rejoicing. So it's like this. Let's say you forgot your shoes. Or this this happens at my house all the time. And we're about ready to go. Where's your shoes, man? Where's your shoes? Oh, no, I had shoes at one time. Yes, I know. We purchased them for you. Where are your shoes? Oh, no well do you have another pair that you can wear because we have to go oh yeah let me go look for them and i walk in the room and they're like xbox or ipad or lost track of thought i'm like we gotta go (laughs) i love you where are your shoes i don't know and so the veins bulging out and then when you find the shoes you're like i got them I got the shoes. Rejoice! We can go. We don't have to be late. I hate being late. Let's go. Let's get in the car. Go, go, go! But I gotta tie the shoes. I don't care. Tie them on the way. Oh, we don't need shoelaces. They're overrated. Get in the car. Let's go. We found them. Let's rejoice. Or when you gotta have that one form, like insurance form, or you got it, you lost the check. You like when you found it. You're like, yes, I found it. I don't have to go through going. You know, getting the ID remade. I have this. Yes, I found it. And in both of these situations, what happens? When the lost thing is found, the shepherd rejoices. He picks up the sheep and he tells everybody, come rejoice with me. My lost sheep is found. And also in the situation of the coin, the lady says, yes, I found it. She goes to her friend and says, hey, rejoice with me. That what was lost is now found. And so here's the thing. And then, and look, if you look, look up here in verse 7 of Luke 15, it says this just so I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who don't need any repentance. And then after the other story, it says this in verse 10 just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so here's the deal. God loves lost people. This story shows us that, that lost, that, that our natural state is to not be where we're supposed to be, but we were created to know God, to enjoy God, to follow God and be with God. But sin and going our own way has made us lost. But God wants to bring, he loves us enough to search us out and he finds us valuable enough to search us out, to bring us back which means us for us to turn and us to trust god that's what he has made us for he wants to restore that relationship so he shows that he loves us and while that's happening when a sinner a lost person repents and comes home you know what happens it's not like sometimes when people come home like you're the people that are supposed to be at your house how do you welcome them hey Sometimes you don't say anything at all. You walk in the door, you put your stuff down, go sit down, you go get something to eat. And it's not that. But let me tell you this. If you haven't seen somebody for a long time and they walk in the house and you're really hoping to find them, what are you going to do? You're going to hug their neck and rejoice. Or somebody who's been gone for a while, they come back and have a party or go to the airport. And you're sitting there it's it's awesome because they have that at the national airport they got this alarm that never works right and so people are walking out of the gate and it's still going off on them because they're not walking fast enough leaving it as, and they're trying to have all these like really nice reunions like my 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 father's here he hasn't been here in a while the alarm's going off and people are hugging and it's just a cool scene i love to watch that at the airport where people have been gone a long time they see each other they embrace each other they hug each other they're so glad that the other person's there they're rejoicing in that and the scripture shows us that heaven rejoices like that when a lost sinner comes home there's a party in heaven and so I got two things for you as we kind of wrap it up here that I want you to think about. And the first of those things is this, that if you are lost, if you're in that state where you are in sin, if you're in that state where you are not following God, that you don't know him, the call is to turn from your sins and trust in Jesus' finished work. And you can come home without fear of an angry face without fear of condemnation. You are welcomed in as a son or a daughter. And so the offer of free grace is to come home. Come enjoy. God wants you to be restored. He doesn't want you to stay where you are. He wants you to come and trust Christ. It's through Christ that God brings lost people home. He wants you to trust in what he's done. And so if you're far off, don't say, I'm going to put it off. Don't say, don't say, I'm going to get better and come. He doesn't want you to get better. You're not going to get any more found. Your losses you're going to get. Lost, lost, lost. And he wants, to, he wants you to come home. So don't, don't wait. Don't wait. Realize the gravity of your situation, that being lost is bad, and come home. Turn and come home to him. Just, just come on. If you're trusting in yourself and in your own righteousness to make you found, it won't. The only thing that'll make you found is God finding you where you are and bringing you back. And you turn it from your sins and trusting him. That is it. So just, that, that's, that's the first thing. That's the thing I want to drive home to you. God loves lost people, so come home. He's, there's an invitation to come on. Second thing is this. To those of us who were once lost and now found, and let me tell you this. There has never been a Christian who wasn't lost first. Everybody is lost before they're found. And so those who were once lost but are now found should strive to keep heaven partying. Okay? Let me say that again. Those who were, lo- those who were once lost but are now found should strive to keep heaven partying. Remember when one sinner repents and turns, heaven's like, yes! It's not like, I told you they should have come back. What took you so long? No, it's like, Yes! These, Im- these people who bear the image of God no longer go their own way, but now they have returned to the God who made them and the God who saves them in Christ. Now they're back. Let's party. And so these religious leaders were kind of like, Jesus is eating with people who are sinful. Jesus is eating with people who, who just, they are too far from God's grace. He is defiling himself by eating with these people. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You miss it. We should be about talking to people who are lost no matter how lost they may be and telling them that they could come home and then keep heaven partying nobody wants to be the party pooper okay nobody does you, but you know if you don't know one who kind of brings the party down you might be the one who brings the party down if you're at a party and you're having a good time and you go hey you guys want to talk about politics get out this is a party. We're going to have fun, okay? Somebody comes over to the party like, how hey, you guys want to talk about uh, infectious disease? No, I don't want to do that. We've got the one that the, at the kid's party, the, the person who's the party pooper comes in and is like, everybody sit down and be quiet. I know you're six. This is going to be a silent party. Here's cake. Sit there and squirm, okay? It's not what you want. And here's the thing. Those who forget that they once were lost, or don't even realize that they are lost, like those 99 who need no repentance, are often the ones who are the party poopers. <laughs> the, ones, the ones who want to just tear it down ones who don't want to see people who are lost become found and have heaven rejoice. And so my call to you, if you once were lost and now you're found, is to, is to not be, don't be more judgmental than God. Who God right here in this situation will say, he's seeking lost people to come, wants them to come, to turn from their sins, to trust him. And he wants to see heaven party that people had come. So don't be that person. Don't be the person who, is, who pours water on the party. Don't be that person, but be about making heaven rejoicing, which means that we live with grace. And we live, when we look at other people, we don't just see their sin. We see that they're made in the image of God. They have value and they need to be reconciled with him. And there's only one way for people to be reconciled and that's through Christ. And so it changes the way we look at people. Oftentimes, we, if we're really honest, we look at people like, how can we be better than them? We kind of size it up. And we're saying, I'm better this way. But that's not the way to look. The grace way to look at it, the way Jesus looked at it, is to look and say, you were lost just like me. I want you to be found so heaven can party. So my, my call to you is this, and you remember this. God, And this is, just so, this is just such good news. This is scandalous. It really is. This is the scandal of Grace that God loves lost people. God loves lost people, and he wants them to be found, and he wants his people to be about that same mission of seeing heaven rejoicing. We're going to be dismissed with these words. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That is good news. God loves the lost lost people, and there is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Walk in that truth, that you are loved by God, and we are called to make heaven rejoice. Let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. God, you're good. Thanks for this group. We ask you to bless us. We know you have, that you love us. That's amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.